Welcome back to episode 23 of the Defending Magic Podcast. I am your host, John Patrick Wilson, and as always, this show is part of the Hook CMEC network content. That is the Hook Korea Media and Entertainment Company. Make sure to go check out Hook at hookcmec.com. You can also find them on most of the major social media platforms, and go give the Defending Magic Instagram page a follow at Defending Magic. So this week I started the Hospitality and Tourism Management Certificate through Florida Atlantic University. Uh, The first module that I'm doing is about like legal issues. Uh, Obviously legal issues can often be a pretty dry topic, but so far I think the professor teaching the section is pretty solid and is getting some unique real-life examples of some various legal considerations in the industry. Uh, It's always good to get brought up to speed or even just, you know, as a refresher on legal concerns in the industry. So it's been pretty great so far. Speaking of training, I've had the opportunity to take some, like, basic physical security, essentially refresher courses this week and next week, which can be a little bit boring at times, but there are some important things to get refreshed on with physical security operations, particularly like fire safety stuff or lockout tagout procedures. You know, working at that corporate intelligence investigations uh, side of things, if you will. Obviously, you don't really spend too much time thinking about that stuff, so it's good to get that knowledge back to the forefront of your brain. In security industry news, unfortunately, a security officer was shot at the Lenox Square Mall down in Atlanta uh, when two individuals tried to enter, we'll say, an Apple store after hours. I don't think there's a ton of really in-depth details of what actually unfolded, but last I heard, the security officer is in stable condition, and the two individuals who shot him have been arrested and charged accordingly. Uh, Thank God the officer appears to be in stable condition. I hope he recovers quickly, Uh, but I think it's a great reminder that while the public may think of select security jobs as low risk, these these things really do happen everywhere. I'm not saying go into work paranoid, because that obviously won't help, but be realistic that there are bad people out there who, you know, your life just does not matter to them. Speaking of firearms and security, a recent report has seen considerable coverage about Walt Disney World down in Orlando. Uh, Firearm arrests at the park have seen a dramatic rise with at least 20 arrests in 2020 compared to just four in 2016. Uh, I think the report also said there was at least 14 people arrested so far in 2021. A lot of the people suggested they, you know, they forgot they had the firearm in their possession, while others said they were carrying due to fear of civil unrest, particularly, you know, last summer. Just a reminder to everybody, firearms and weapons of all kinds are strictly prohibited on Disney property, and Disney will pursue charges related to offenses, so stop bringing guns to Disney, you will be found, um, and, you know, you're going to be charged with uh, some serious crimes. In non-firearm-related security industry news, uh, Universal's Orlando Resort, their security team uh, is testing out the Open Gate by CEIA USA contactless screening system. That CEIA USA is some type of third-party security uh, group. This comes a few months after Disney was observed testing out similar systems from a different third-party security provider. Basically, you walk through, if it detects a problem, security then will direct you to go through you know, a metal detector and kind of escalate the security screening process, if you will. Uh, but in theory, such systems could speed up security checks and actually make it safer for everybody, particularly when you're talking about, uh, you know, in the not post-pandemic because we're still in it, but obviously contact type industries uh, where, you know, you are required to make contact with individuals or come into close contact with individuals that has seen a lot more 
attention over the last you know year and a half or whatever, whatever how long it's been now. But anyways, the testing was brief, but I expect such systems will become the norm in the near future. In Hook CMEC news, that is the Hook Creative Media and Entertainment Company once again, uh, that this podcast is part of, I am excited to announce the trailer of a project I am a co-host of, is a co-host of, should be coming out in the next few days, so keep an eye out for that. It is more on the intelligence side of things, so that is kind of a cool project I have been fortunate enough to be involved in, so that is exciting. Moving along, I recently read an article from Security Magazine titled, The NFL's GSOC Takes Center Stage in Getting Players Back on the Field by Maggie Sheen. I think that's how you pronounce the last name, uh, which was pretty interesting. For those who do not know, a GSOC, which stands for Global Security Operations Center, is a core team of most of the global security teams in the world. Basically, the article talks about you know the forming of the GSOC for the NFL, what they do to kind of support the league security and operations and kind of stuff like that. And really, it, it kind of focuses on during COVID-19 and how the team helped the league navigate the evolving threat environment. You know, the article actually states, uh, with the security team's help, the league took a thoughtful and comprehensive approach to business continuity that put data-informed, critical decision-making at the forefront of the pandemic response. The GSOC identified the data and information needed to inform NFL executives and guide operational decision-making uh, and coordinated response plans with national and regional partners. And then it kind of finishes with became a trusted advisor to the various NFL business units and partners. The article is really well-written and does a great job showcasing the benefits a GSOC brings to a global security team. Uh, I will include a link to that article in the description of this podcast, along with uh, inside this week's blog on the Hook website. Uh, and I re- recommend checking it out. But it does bring me to this week's topic. What exactly is a GSOC and what does it do? So basically, global security operations centers are like a real-time team that is monitoring events worldwide, typically at least where your company has assets or areas that your supply chains run through or is connected to. Typically, these are 24-7 operations, so the work is typically shift work, as opposed to the more like cushy, you know, nine to five that most corporate level jobs run on. If you picture like a security monitoring room with like a bunch of televisions or monitors on the wall showing, you know, like all the news channels and live videos from all over the world with a bunch of people working at desks with multiple monitors on those, but facing the televisions on the walls, that is kind of what like a real GSOC room looks like. Uh, The point of GSOCs is to monitor events in real time to improve incident response. GSOCs will do similar work to intelligence teams in a lot of ways, but oftentimes they will basically see an event or, you know, hear about an event and escalate that information up to the appropriate security leader or team for further work. GSOCs are also often uh, security call or like communication centers. So as calls come in from the field, It often goes through to these teams for escalation or guidance. Sometimes, depending how your global security apparatus is designed, you may have some facilities or assets that if an alarm is triggered, it will go through an internal communication system to notify a GSOC analyst or operator, and they will investigate what is happening and, like I said, escalate it in the proper direction, depending what is happening. Typically, there is a decent amount of training required for GSOC positions, including all those very fun uh, FEMA, National Incident like Response Framework, and National Incident Management System, all that stuff. So onboarding can be a bit of a beast. Um, 
you know, as some of that course content is long and pretty dry and heavy material. If you are looking to break into the global security teams, GSOCs usually are a pretty great place to start. Uh, there are a ton of GSOCs out there. And I'm guessing here with no data behind this thought, but I still think it's probably true. At the corporate global security level, GSOCs have probably the most openings and positions out of any of the other global security teams. Like, there are more GSOC analysts and operators than there are investigators, just for example. So if you are interested in the field and are looking for like a foot in the door, I would try looking up you know those teams and see what kind of opportunities are out there. Uh, I've seen tons of LinkedIn accounts of people who have started out as a GSOC analyst and within a year or two are working as an intelligence analyst in a global security you know intelligence team. So there, there is a clear path to go that route if that's something you're looking, you know, for a way in the, you know, to get onto one of these teams. And if you are looking to get onto one of those teams, what are kind of those companies looking for in GSOC analysts or operators? Uh, so I did a little digging. I found a job posting from Netflix for a specialist global security operations center based in Los Angeles. So I'm just going to read off some of those job qualifications uh, demonstrate experience, which can include academic, intelligence, journalism, military, with a focus on security-related issues and collection and analysis of intelligence. Bachelor's degree uh, is required, but a master's is preferred. Prior GSOC experience, industry-specific experience with media and entertainment production or tech-related experience. Demonstrate knowledge of security and geopolitical issues. Then use of open source and social media monitoring techniques. Uh, there's an interesting little section under the qualifications in the posting titled Ability to, which includes the line, and I'm quoting here, refine the company's risk perspective and provide analysis of security incidents. I kind of found it interesting that every company has, you know, their risk areas that they identify. I just kind of found it interesting that they said in the job posting, refine the company's risk perspective. I wonder if that's just kind of a, uh, you know, a company thing that they put in there trying to make it sound like you're going to be like outlining policy yourself, but it was kind of interesting. Uh, so like I mentioned earlier, if you go to GSOC route, you'll probably have to do FEMA training. Uh, it might help you to get, you know, the nod in the job interview phase if you can knock out those trainings before actually getting onto the job. Those things are free through FEMA's online training system, so there really isn't a reason to not get it done, especially if you, can, you know, if it gives you the nod over another candidate. So go check those out. I've had to do a bunch of those classes over the years in both the private sector uh, and working in uh, law enforcement. So it is valued broadly across larger security industry just a heads up they are very long uh and they're not necessarily the most fun to uh to go through so just a heads up it might suck while you're going through it but it is worth it for sure but that's it for today i just want to give a brief introduction of what a gsoc is hopefully it's helpful to some people i know i've talked to some people of late who are trying to get into the field and i've been more and more telling people to go try to look into gsocs it kind of sucks, you know, the shift work thing, I get it, but if you're coming out of the military or law enforcement, you're already used to it. Get it out of the way early, it's going to pay off in the long run uh, for your career. But as always, this podcast is brought to you by the McKenzie Travel Company. If you're traveling anywhere in the world, anywhere at all, make sure to contact them. They can plan your trip for you. They make it really easy. I personally know the owner of the company. She's awesome. I've worked with her in hospitality. She knows what she's talking about. 
Go check them out, mckenzietravelcompany.com. You can call them at 407-708-3620. As always, I will have all their information in the description of this podcast below. All right, well, thank you for uh, checking out the podcast. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week, but also make sure to go follow the Defending Magic Instagram page at Defending Magic. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week.